Jillian, funny story about the name, it was named after Jillian Anderson of <laughs> X-Files fame. She actually worked at the Clybourne Pub for a hot second before she got famous. So uh, she was a hostess at the Clybourne Pub, and this is a strawberry blonde beer, and Jillian Anderson is a strawberry blonde. Man, yeah. we have there. You worked there for a quick second, you get a beer named after you. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. awesome. You just gotta I've been, be, wait, I've been, been trying waiting. to do that myself. Be part of a cult <laughs> classic TV show, too, in between. Yeah. So. I don't think anybody wants to make a Reed beer. You know? no. <laughs> <laughs> say this Reed. now. You say uh, this yeah, now. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Stumbled into the Tap Takeover Podcast, episode 33 with Goose Island, recorded December 10th, 2017. So welcome back, everyone. We're going to do part two here. This has just been an amazing interview here with the guys from Goose Island. Hey, uh, cheers it up. Yeah, cheers oh, it up. Cheers. Come here. Oh, cheers. Come here. Oh. Should have grabbed another beer. <laughs> Let's move on to the next beer. And sure, then, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'd like to hear about the Cooper Project a little bit. All okay. right, Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Cooper Project. Quinn, you so, want to take that one? Okay. While you talk about the Cooper Project, sure. what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up 2017 Bourbon County Knob Creek. All the reserve. It is bomb. Let's see, we did three Cooper Projects this past year. We, we have this great bourbon barrel aging program, and we have all the, this suite of Bourbon County beers that we come out with every year. Fantastic beers, but it is once a year. So we're, we're trying to find a way where we can have like a year-round bourbon barrel aged beer available. So what we're looking at is doing like a partially barrel aged beer. So we we did three different styles last year. One was a Scotch Ale, one was a Blonde Doppelbach, and one was a Lactose Porter. And what we did is we did a barrel aged portion of that, and then we did a, a fresh portion of that. It was about a 50-50 blend. Um, so you, you kind of get beers that have just a, a hint of barrel character, but also are available on much larger scale because, again, you're only using 50% barrel aged beer. Um, this year we're redoing that Scotch Ale as a partial barrel aged beer. So that's our Cooper project. Cooper, obviously, is the name of a person that makes barrels. It's a profession, right? Right. It's also so, what we call our Cooperage. So right. what was the genesis for the Cooper project? So I think it was it was really the goal is to have like a year-round bourbon barrel-aged beer. And it's, it turns into a partially barrel-aged beer. Have something that's more accessible, something that's aged in a shorter time. So these are usually aged between three and six months as, as opposed to our Bourbon County, which is eight months, eight months or more. So that Cooper project is coming back as a Project Cooper is the Scotch Ale for, for next year. Yeah. So that was a successful one. That's a great, great balance of barrel and kind of Scotch base beer. So speaking of 2018, is there anything you can reveal for uh, next year that you got from the cooper project side of things that's really what we're doing is the scotch ale we're redoing that that cooper project one what else do we have coming um, we have we're gonna have another fooder beer that's for sure just a matter of what blends you guys walk past our, our fooders out there so that that turns into another blending project finding the right balance of acidity and, and funk and, and base base flavor all, obviously all our sour beers sour sisters uh, will be making the return and then our bourbon county variants we're starting that process yeah, shortly here actually now. uh for 2018 so let's uh, talk about what we're tasting then right now. Yeah, so right now this is the 2017 Reserve. Um, this was a cool project we did that was like a single barrel variant, essentially. So we talked about doing our, our original Bourbon County style is all aged in five to seven year Heaven Hill barrels, and they're all blended together. So it's a large blend of, of a lot of really quality barrels. But we were able to acquire a, a decent amount of these Knob Creek barrels, and these are 11 year Knob Creek barrels. So it's a different spirit, aged for a little bit longer, and then we were given these barrels. These barrels are actually the same barrels, um, the same type of barrels that were used for the 25th anniversary Knob Creek barrel 
bourbon release that they did. Uh, it's their 25th anniversary this year, so this is kind of in concert with that release. And what's really cool is that it's it's essentially Bourbon County original aged just in different barrels. So it's a really cool way to see the expression of the barrel and how different that can make the beer itself. What do you guys think? It yeah, is this smooth. Is yeah. Super smooth. Right? This is so yeah. smooth. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. I think we're tripping over ourselves to tell you how good this is. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had some great For myself, on. the vanilla is yeah. huge in this, but mm-hmm. there's no van- vanilla additions to this. No, 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 no. no. So, uh, from the cask. so an interesting question. Uh, how important is it the particular distiller as opposed mm-hmm. to the age? Because we've kind of gotten different different answers on this between sure. uh, cellar aging breweries. Right. Uh, some folks say that it, it only matters how long it's been aged in the spirit. Some people say it, it definitely matters the spirit. I uh-huh. mean, if you can get a pappy barrel, you right. know, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the it's, crown of all jewels. But uh, how important is that to you guys? I think um, all, of our, all of our original is in casks that are four years or more. Five to seven years. Five, five to seven know, years. Yeah. So I think I think the eight, for me personally, the age I think is more important. Yeah, it's uh, very I important. think a lot of distillers, by nature, they'll make economy still, and they'll make premium. And, and they have different brands underneath their portfolio. So you can get, from the same distiller, you can get a two to three year aged bourbon, or you can get a 12 year bourbon from the right. same distiller. So I think, to me, the age of the, the spirit that was in the barrel, because it just has more of those seasonalities to pick up more of the complex right. flavors. You get more age oxidation characters. Age of the cask, age in the cask. Right, right. So right. I think it's, I would say age first, distiller second. But like you said, there's probably a lot of different opinions from different brewers that, that barrel age their beer. Someone probably has a favorite that works with their base beer. And I think that goes back uh-huh. to what we were talking about earlier with Bourbon County Stout being a recipe that's written for bourbon barrel. Right, this works for us. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and, and we should probably also say that something that's been aged 25 years, you're not going to put your base beer in there. You're going to put something extra in there. So it almost works in hand in hand. If you have something that you're willing to age longer, it's probably usually going to be a, a higher quality spirit. So. Absolutely. Right, right. So when you're looking at, you know, when you have the barrel brokers and they're looking at the barrels and they look at longer aging spirits, they're mm-hmm. probably looking at better quality spirits for yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume that as well. I think it's... Yeah, so uh, consensus on this one, I'm going to say fantastic. Yeah, and this is, this is something that if you want some kind of reveal, this isn't, this is one of those fake reveals, but like the whole reserve series is something that we're going to try and continue with the mindset that we're going to feature a specific type of barrel. So this is really going to go back to like, let's celebrate the barrel and, and, and celebrate because these are 11 year Knob Creek barrels. So I don't know what next year's might be, if there's going to be one next year, but I think that's kind of the whole framework that we've started here with the reserve series is that it's really going to be about the celebration of the, of the barrel that yeah. came to us. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, we'll see if next year's uh, oh is a, the same yeah. Knob Creek or if it's mm-hmm. maybe a different vintage on the barrel. That, that's going to be really fun to find out next yeah, year. Absolutely. We'll have to check in with you guys next right. year. Right, and that's Definitely. why it's cool if, if, you're, if you have the chance to do a side-by-side with an original and a reserve, you can really see just the stark difference that barrel brings to the table. Oh, absolutely. Sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you we, taste we, enough we in here. You taste enough in here, and you'll mm-hmm. be able to actually taste the difference, which is so subtle but very important. Yeah, it's it, this one's it's a little more buttery, you know. Mm-hmm. That that, that yeah, the barrel is really kind of speaking, really coming through and speaking loudly in this yeah. one. And a pro tip with these big beers is let them breathe a little bit. Yeah, uh, they're going to come sure. hot right out of the bottle, but a little oxidation and the rest of the beer really shines through. Oh yeah, it sure mm-hmm. does. Definitely, it's like a good glass. Speaking of, of pro tips. How about we go with the Northwoods? Yeah, absolutely. This one is brand new to the series this year. A lot of people worried about the blueberries. You know, it's mm. something that you guys haven't oh, worked with this before. It's one of my favorite variants, right. definitely. And almonds so, as well. Yeah, I mean, almonds that's and blueberries. Now, with the Northwoods, 
use almond extract. Is that right. correct? That's okay. right. Yeah. So uh, what, what's kind of the inspiration behind this? Where does the Northwoods name kind of come in on this? So Wisconsin? from what I understand is that our brewmaster, Jared Jankowski, is, is from Wisconsin. He's a He wears flannel as much as he can. He, oh, likes, yeah. the, <laughs> he likes cheese. He likes cheese a lot. And it looks a good, like a lumberjack. And, and a good really beef does. stick. <laughs> and he's, a, he's one of the smartest brewers I've ever met, too. He worked at New Glarus for a long time. And the Northwoods has been, this was his idea, his kind of inspiration for the flavor additions. Hello. So he's wanted to do a blueberry addition to Bourbon County for a couple of years. He's been toying around with like blueberries and walnuts, like blueberries and some kind of nut. Blueberries another addition. This was one that Jared had been wanting to do with blueberries and he did almond extract. So what's interesting, we'll, we'll have the roasted yeah, almonds. So the the blueberries and the almond extract, it brings a completely different almond character to the table. You get almost like a I don't know, like cherry, amaretto. Yeah, amaretto. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. We, I think yeah. we put marzipan yeah. on the bottle, which I think if I knew what marzipan was, this is probably what it smells like. But like... <laughs> When we had this, when we had this beer in the cellar, right after we we blended everything, I thought the the blueberry was just overwhelming. It was yeah. so overwhelming. It right? can do it that. Just it like, can it do was that. just kind of like that's the crazy thing about like you know like lizard that, like cause. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, like that's like one of the things when I heard because you know coming from founders and we did lizard cause a blueberry edition and then we did this and I was just kind of like okay and I tried it straight from the fermenter after we edited it I was like oh my gosh same thing over again that blueberry is just overpowering everything and then what did we do we researched it. And then you yeah. know, let it sit for a little bit longer, and then it just mellowed out. It yeah. Just, you know, yeah. And this is another one that you can obviously you can sit on for X amount of time. This is, feel like. Yeah, I know, think it turned out really a nice. Great dessert beer, that's for sure. Yeah, we didn't drink any off the bright at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we didn't no, drink no. any off the bright. No, no. All right. Wait, there's no quality control because if you need quality control, yeah, no, no, no. There, was a, there was a, I think there was some sort of lab test. We will apply for that. No brewers drink anything off the bright at all. Uh, you know, on the nose, though, not only do I get the blueberry, but I do get that almond. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Both yeah. of them yeah. really Most shine def- through on the nose. That's right. amazing. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, you're dealing with two adjuncts that are uh, a little bit problematic, right? Yeah. So we've had issues with the blueberry. We talked about the lizard of Kaz. It, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the almonds as, as well, there's, you know, there, there's different uh, challenges uh, associated with that. And the fact that all three of those flavors, the, the base beer, the, the almonds, and the, the blueberries all kind of come together. What I'm curious about, though, is the... The, the base beer, is there any tweaks that you guys do when you guys are adding the adjuncts? Is there like a base beer that's going to work well with these adjuncts and a base beer that's going to work well with that? Or is it always the same base beer for the BCBS? I think all we really do is confirm that it's good post-barrel BCS. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like then say, okay, yes, this is this is a BCS profile and we, we're going to now blend in right. coffee or, bur- or blueberry or... Scaling, margarine. scaling an adjunct is a difficult process, right? Absolutely. So we will take, we call it our grunt tank it's essentially a five barrel three or four yeah, three or four, four barrel vessel we'll make it all sanitary we'll, we'll purge it we'll add in the adjuncts however we do that and then we'll essentially recirculate the adjunct throughout the vessel the main either the bright or actually right. the, the fermenter post barrel bcs and that will continuously taste and taste mm-hmm. and taste mm-hmm. and when it's in spec in a sense that we're like okay now it's perfect stop the recirculation process then we'll continue on the process of you know getting it to package from there so we're able to kind of control that a little bit more yeah what's what the the i hate to go back to lizard of cause but is that <laughs> was that what was the blueberry edition was that blueberry edition was basically was it whole like, blueberry so basically was it? It was, uh no it was extract edition okay because so like, was... ultimately it's like barrel aged beer and we bring it out and same right. thing kind of like what we do right. with the northwoods where it's right. like you know this is tasting just right and then we'll do a small batch series where 
it's just like yeah. we're going to add it and then you know we'll do our math and just like try to like put it in a large scale production yep. but in my opinion it was pretty heavy on the blueberry so what's well, interesting about this variant this this is the first time we've done a variant with all liquid additions if you, if you don't count coffee but like we did blueberry juice and then almond extract so it really was just that scale up process where we had a one liter jar and we're like okay we like this amount of blueberry juice and this much almond extract let's scale it up and you know we started on a conservative end because yeah. obviously you, you don't can add more you can't, yeah. pretty hard to take blueberry juice out yeah. of a unless you dilute with BCS right exactly so so that and that was the process there it was like we added in the liquids and we recirculated it and we found our, our flavor profile when you guys are tasting this during this uh, adjunct addition process what are you really looking for because this is all pre-carbonation it's going to taste yep. slightly different what are you looking for in your head what tells you definitely okay, the aromatic right. component will showcase more after it's carbonated right mm-hmm. i think uh, biggest thing is balance yeah i mean it's still bourbon county stout you i don't want to take away yeah bourbon exactly county exactly you just by wanna, adding something you want to add just the right amount obviously right. you just want to keep that bourbon county tasting it. it with a slight small flavor added right. to it so right. and what's cool like jared has again had this idea for a long time with blueberry so he had an idea of the flavor profile he wanted in this beer so he was tasting it and he would taste the different blends and the different ratios and when we found the right ratio it was like okay let's go and we do it at big scale and that's a terrifying moment but it's it's what this beer is and and it, it turned out to be a beautiful balance i think of blueberry yep. and, I, I, the, I and the almond no, extract it's not, it really oh it's cool we're gonna do the prop next we'll, we'll taste the difference between that almond extract and the whole roasted almonds that we used mm-hmm. right. in in proprietary so it'll be a cool little the breeze smell yeah. great when we were doing proprietors. the proprietors. Yeah, oh, like so good. Proprietors is Quinn's baby, baby child. <laughs> Little baby, yeah. And I think that everybody knows that 2014 Proprietors was unbelievably good. And it, I think it's the most sought after Proprietors yep. Yep. to this day. But I think, honestly, this Proprietors takes the cake. I've heard I nothing mean, but it, great reviews on is, this one. It's a talk. Though. Enough talk. No, seriously. Let's go for it. Yeah, absolutely. But this is... This is a challenging beer. I mean, as soon as you hear it, uh, it's a Bananas Foster's inspired beer, right? A hundred percent. You're like, uh, well, this is going to be sickly sweet. This is going to be over the top. Yeah. This can't be good. Now, yeah. now, Quinn, this was your brainchild, right? So, yeah, this is... so. What we do every year, I mean, I kind of alluded to this earlier, and Reed mentioned it. Every year we have a little internal competition of sorts where brewers are given Bourbon County to go home with, and the expectation is that you come back with your interpretation of what you think that year's proprietor should be. So yeah. completely open slate. You bring back whatever you want, infused with whatever. It's a friendly. It's a friendly competition. It's Absolutely. Good friendly and you know what? I, you better bring it. I, I, made one, I made one last year that I thought was absolutely wonderful, and it was a old. Old-fashioned BCS, right? So orange Ooh. bitters, these kind Cherry. of other things, which you know, because I wanted to showcase the cocktail, you know, like it's, it's bomb. And when I tasted this one, it was a done deal. Well, you know, and we as go much through. As I loved mine. Yeah, my baby child. What's I cool is we, we go through multiple rounds of these feedback sessions right. where we sit down, similar to what we're doing now, and you taste, you taste your beer, you taste the the variant, you make notes on it, you're providing feedback for your other brewers to say like, hey, too much almond, not enough banana, right? Whatever it is, so that that helps. You can then take that feedback, reincorporate it into another submission, so to say. So that's the process that we've used in years past for identifying what proprietors will be that year. In the end, this started as, as Jim mentioned, a Bananas Foster's inspiration. Uh, it actually had vanilla in it in the first iteration, but the vanilla was 
overpowering. Uh, so I took the vanilla out and just did bananas, roasted almonds, and cinnamon. Oh. So when that got to the end of the process and it was it was determined that that was going to be the proprietors, it just turned into uh, a sourcing and scaling up. And mm-hmm. Sam mentioned it, like so the scaling up of these beers is always the trickiest part, especially with proprietors. It's kind of like this is the beer that we have a chance to get crazy and go get some yeah. weird ingredients. Have fun with an awesome brand. And, and it's the kind of thing that, yeah, bananas scares the shit out of people. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like something that I don't think many people really enjoy no. as much as you don't realize yeah, until you're actually yeah. like sipping on something like And we're not talking know. about isoamyl acetate. Yeah. You know, we're talking about bananas. Well, and, and that's what a lot of the fear the fear that I heard from from the internet was that it was going to taste like runts or yeah, banana exactly. laffy taffy. No. And I get that, but that would be like an artificial banana. Fruit. That would be yeah. an art- exactly, yeah. yeah. Like so the way that I did the initial blend was I steeped a banana in Bourbon County overnight and then used that as like my banana concentrate. Did you use a whole banana? Mashed up a banana. Oh, you mashed up a banana. Just okay. one banana. Fork mash. The whole yeah, banana exactly. just stuck into a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it in there. This, this is, is great. This you, is, can, you, you guys are smelling this, right? Yeah. This, this is, is so weird. It's, this is so weird, yeah. but like, like it's like, unbelievable. Honestly, good. like it, you read like what's in it and you're going to be like, that doesn't sound good. But like the moment like you smell it, taste it, it's you're like, yeah, no, I'm taking my words it's back. It's experimentally I'm words right weird, but and it, like in all of the right ways. Like this is pushing the envelope on what a stout is. Yeah. This is even pushing the envelope on the dessert stouts. I mean, yeah. this dessert, is, for sure. This is very cool. This is very cool. The other one, Cassio Bark. Cassia bark is, yeah. Does Cassia bark differentiate from cinnamon? I think it's just a cool way of saying cinnamon. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. like Cassia bark Sounds is actually it's the unrefined like cinnamon essentially. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so and we were talking about the the external vessel we use to infuse these flavors. So we have our Grundy, we call it Dorothy, with a little internal mesh filter. Filled that with roasted almonds, and then we purge it and we fill it with Bourbon County. We let that steep for a little bit, but then we'll hook that up to the tank of Bourbon County and we'll recirculate it on itself. So you're slowly picking up more and more almond flavor. We did a similar thing with the banana puree. It was oil drums of banana puree that we had. And we, yeah. we used a high viscosity pump to yeah, pump it yeah. into our tank, recirculated it. And then with the cashew bark, it was just a little half barrel that we have kind of retrofitted to, to do flavor infusions. And we would do the same thing. We would just recirculate through that and just Until dial tasting, in the tasting, tasting, tasting. In the end, we used a little bit of banana essence as well uh, to pop the aroma a little bit. And I think that, again, I was, I was scared to use the banana essence because I did not want to use any kind of and with thick our, with our, flavor. And with our Fulton and Wood for the... With the pear uh, essence. Yeah, yeah with, for the Lagardienne, we used a pear essence. And I can't tell you how many times we scaled back Exactly. The, the essences are so strong. Because, you know, a drop of it in, a, in even just a glass of beer is full on whatever flavor that might be. So the essence was the very last end of the process. Uh, we were adding in 500 milliliters at a time to a tank, a, a large tank, and recirculating it, and then tasting an hour later and tasting. And we were so very kind of that. That was really the fine-tuning element of it to get just enough of a banana character. Because if we we're gonna put banana on the bottle, it's gotta be a banana stout. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think it does come through. I think in the end, a lot of people have said it's banana bread characters to it. What's cool about this? And I, I actually, I, when I drink Prop 14, who doesn't like banana bread? Yeah, <laughs> when I drink Prop 14. I, I get different characteristics from Prop 14 every time I drink it. I get cinnamon sometimes, I get coconut sometimes, yeah. I get chocolate sometimes. I get a similar effect with this beer, where I get banana sometimes, sometimes I get almond forward, sometimes I get that cinnamon forward. I'm anxious to see how it develops. I'm, I mean, I'm interested sure. to see how it develops as For well. Sure. So, so I think that speaks to the balance that we talked about earlier. All right, so why the extended boil time on the BCS? 
So we're trying to evaporate a lot of that. Uh, we evaporate a lot of the water out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pete says water, <laughs> not <laughs> water. water. So, I hear this. Water. so the dihydrogen water. monoxide gets evaporated. Oh, that's good. I hear that's very dangerous. People dihydrogen die Dihydrogen monoxide. Yeah, you know, it's actually. Could be. <laughs> we don't know. There's not enough studies been done yet. Yeah, so we want to evaporate a lot of that out. Um, we want to increase the overall gravity and the overall sugar content and profile. We, we brew to a specific gravity target. So what we'll do is we'll boil till we hit a specific target, and then we'll declare boil at that specific target so that we have a 60-minute boil where we, when we add our hops and everything else, like nutrient package-wise, like we're going to get the same bitterness consistent, and we're going to get the same package added at the same time. So we have consistency in the process, but we can also make sure that we hit the specific gravity target. And, and what's your target IBU on this? Like 60? I think 60 is the brew house IBU. Mm-hmm. 60. Yeah. You, you get a lot of that lost in the barrel aging component of it. So. But we also want to make sure that we have... So what we do is we add a... Is Again, this kind of goes back to BCS being brewed for a cask. We had a lot of really, really, really high alpha hops. So we had, I think it's Millennium. And it's a very, very high alpha hop. And But what we're trying to do is we're trying to have something that's very bitter to balance the fact that we have something that's coming out of the brew house that's so monstrously sweet. Again, the higher the gravity, the sweeter it is. So we want to make sure we can kind of cut and balance that. But then again, the nice thing about Bourbon County is it does sit for a year. So mm-hmm. one of the first things to go is your your hop, fl- your hop bitterness, if you sh- I should right. say. I think on the recipe sheet it says 60 plus. Estimated at that point, right? Yeah. So it's. And what is the hop charge actually? I'm it's not sure. Millennium. No, it's millennium. I mean, um, for uh, volume wise. 25 pounds. 25.8. Crazy. But we'll brew it to hit a specific alpha. Millennium is. It's like 14 to 15. Yeah, I was going to say about 16, right? Crazy. So you had mentioned you guys only did first runnings. Have there ever been plans to do a party guile off of the second? Oh, like the second running? We actually did. This was before I worked there. But I believe that yeah, that was done. It was like an imperial porter. Okay, it's gonna be like an eight and a half percent beer. It's not right. So much Care to comment on that, Mark? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm all right. I just ferment it. <laughs> But yes, it is crazy. Like, uh, so You're part of the, brown. Uh, as we've gotten to be a bigger <laughs> brewery, part of the other thing that we do is, again, quality is key. So we take everything from, we check all of our runnings to different pro- parts of the process. First word, second word, last word. Cell counts when we send it to the seller, so on and so forth. But when you grab the last word sample, so this is essentially just like the last of everything, and I run it, I'm like, wow, it's like 11 Play-Doh. <laughs> like, right. Wow. Now we're down to a normal beer. Actually, speaking of that, and one of the things that's helped us from an efficiency standpoint, and one of the cool things that we have the ability to do, especially with the mash filters, the way we have it designed, we actually can take that last running. So normally, once we've extracted everything out of it, there's still just a little bit left from your last sparge. We, that last running is still so high that we can use that for the next brew. Yep. Uh, so we can actually sparge and use that as like a foundation liquor. So that's one of the cool things that we can do to reclaim that, which also helps us boost our gravity so that when it comes mm-hmm. time for, uh, you know, once we've gotten all the extraction from the mash filter process, we can actually start boiling with a little bit higher of a gravity because we've gotten instead of using uh, liquor for things like sparging we can use that last running so it gives us that little extra advantage and it's not enough where you're going to worry about tannins or anything like that for those listening brewers call liquor water i don't know why <laughs> or water liquor i drink so every day off of the yeah. cold liquor tank <laughs> Because it gets hot in the cellar. Water. Water. <laughs> Cold water. So you talk about 20 pounds of hops per batch. What's the grist bill? Like how many freaking tons? Uh, it's a lot. Right? I mean, <laughs> it smells beautiful in the mash mixer. I, like, it's one of my favorite smells. Um, I think Quinn can attest to that. Uh, but it's yeah. predominantly two row. Obviously, we need to get our extract. You can smell it down um, the street. I mean, for sure. <laughs> for Actually, you can you usually can. tell. Like coming in, I'm like... Yep. 
BCS. Yep. <laughs> BCS. You just know. It's like I know what I'm doing. Is today. something burning? No, uh, no, 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 no. It's just, but it's, it's just BCS. You it's know? pretty cool. It's a little bit chocolate malt, roasted barley, a little bit of Bon Munich, uh, two row D40, C60. Is there any two row? Uh, some black malt. Yeah, wow, that's it's a lot 37. <laughs> 37 <laughs> mash. But no, it's it's a it's a really it's a complex bill for what it is, but it, it's pretty beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of roasted barley, as I've said, a lot of chocolate malts. Mm. But what you get is, I mean, as I said, it's it's a little accurate at first in the cellar, but played out and over time it's pretty and Is pretty it all special. from the same maltsters or do you breeze. use different breeze? breeze. breeze. A, lot of, okay. a lot of it's breeze. Wow. Yeah. And then Shout the out. Love them. That's awesome. We get that Thanks. by rail car. Thanks. Yeah, because yeah, the, the amount you guys use. Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. We have, we have our own super sex now, right? Yeah, so we actually worked with breeze to get our own BCS blend. BCS blend. So before, like in for most of our beers, uh, especially when it comes to specialty malt, we, ha- we have a super sack station. So basically instead of just adding the bags individually into a hopper what we'll do is we usually have like an x shift or uh, in between like shift change the brewer on shift will go and build super sacks and essentially what we'll do is we'll put all the specialty grain in one big sack and then we can then hot like grain that in as we're raising grain or grinding it into however you want to call it it's like almost like having like what do we have four super sacks so yeah four super sacks so, so it'd can... be like having like four hoppers right essentially. Yeah. but we can pre-blend you know? we can pre-mix it and we usually did that by hand and we still do for almost everything but with bourbon county as it is a bit of a nightmare and it's a lot of specialty malt we've actually worked with Brees where they like they actually made that for us so shout out to the fine folks at Brees thank Make you day easier. thank you but yeah, back, back when the brew house operators actually worked we had to do that by now <laughs> 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 oh, oh, so as we recover from that epic mic drop let's take a break and get to some beer news Welcome to this episode's beer news. The easily accessible beer this episode is Pipeworks Brewery's Lizard King. This mosaic-hopped American Pale Ale is refreshing, though clocking in at 6% ABV. Light, tropical, and citrusy, Lizard King packs a lot of hop flavor into each sip. Grapefruit, passion fruit, and pine shine on both the nose and the finish. In brewery news, Funk Factory is releasing its Kiwi Melon Mertz on January 19th and 20th. Mertz is a low ABV table-style lambic, exactly 1,875 kiwis, hand-peeled and sliced, went into the making of this beer. Tickets go on sale on brown paper tickets. Perennial Sump should be hitting distribution in the greater Milwaukee metro area this week or next. Keep an eye out for it at your finer craft beer stores. Missed the Champs Anniversary Party? Fear not, for on Friday, January 19th, Brass Tap in Greenfield is having their anniversary party with just as impressive lineup. Dapping starts at 11 a.m. Black Husky releases their much sought-after Smoke Monster. Named after their most cantankerous and bossy dog Smokey, whatever you think a smoke beer is, this ain't it. The TTP crew got a chance to try it. Listen back to episode 28 to listen to our thoughts on Black Husky's take on this style. Prairie Artisan Ales is releasing two. Big Barrel Aged Beers. Pirate Bomb is a rum barrel-aged imperial stout with coffee, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and ancho chilies. Pirate Noir is a rum barrel-aged stout with none of the adjuncts. Both of these will be available in 12-ounce bottles. Third Space Brewing will be taking over the taps at the Sugar Maple Bar in Bayview on January 11th. They will feature many of their barrel-aged beers from their In the Spirit series, as well as some of their favorites. Also, 
Third Space has announced a distribution partnership with Beachwood Distributors and will no longer self-distribute. Bell's Hop Slam, the popular Imperial IPA brewed with Michigan honey, is now releasing throughout the nation. The Midwest should have it on the shelves by the week of the 15th, the rest of the nation getting it by the end of January. In festival news, Isthmus Beer and Cheese Festival is on January 20th. General admission tickets are still on sale. This always fun festival melds the two best things in the world, beer and cheese. Meet and mingle with brewers and cheesemakers from around the state of Wisconsin and beyond and sample hundreds of delicious creations. Tickets are still available for the Midwinter Brewfest at the Milwaukee Ale House on Sunday, February 18th. This year, the festival will feature over 30 local and national breweries. This cozy festival is limited to only 800 tickets and makes it easy for getting plenty of samples. For the past five years, Bernhardt's Mittenfest has helped combat cabin fever for thousands of people who converge into a two-block stretch on Bayview's Potter Avenue with a wintry mix of live music, food, beverages, and charity. In addition to the live music, delicious craft beer rarities and a sea of brandy drinks will be available. Thanks for listening to this episode's edition of Beer News. You know, we, we've been talking a lot of Bourbon County, of course, uh, Quinn's involvement in, in the prop this year. It, it's been fantastic. But Goose also has an amazing sour program as well. I mean, half these barrels out here are wine barrels with mm-hmm. sours in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's get into what are some of your favorites? So we've got, we call them the Sour Sisters. We've been doing these for anywhere from like seven to only a couple of years old. They have, they have different lifespans, but we have some wine cask barrel aged beers and we're, we're moving more into the we have some fooders now so those come out a little bit more sour a little bit more acidic we have jillian lolita halia madam rose so we'll talk about those now i'll start with jillian it's one of my favorites yeah the strawberry yeah honey exactly so it's it's actually a sophie base so we take the base beer of sophie and we put it into wine casks and we'll add strawberries white pepper and honey and let that ferment with a uh, bretonomyces we do bretonomyces first and then actually we'll do a champagne yeast to finish it off so it, it makes for a really cool kind of dry effervescent character it makes for like if you like champagne you actually get some of that champagne character it's like an umami kind of character i would say it's the, one, of, it. one of the variants or one of the sisters that are the most approachable yeah, yeah absolutely easily, easily. i would like, say it's you know. much yeah people talk about sour i would say this is tart yeah. more than yeah. sour like yeah. it's very approachable Jillian funny story about the name it was named after Jillian Anderson of <laughs> X-Files fame she actually worked at the Clybourne Pub for a hot second before she got famous so uh, she was a hostess at the Clybourne Pub and this is a strawberry blonde beer and Jillian Anderson is a strawberry blonde yeah. we have uh, you worked there for a quick second you get a beer named after you yeah. 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 Awesome. you just gotta I've be, be hot. Wait, I've been, been trying to do that myself be wait, part of a wait. Cult, <laughs> classic TV show too in between yeah. so. I don't think anybody wants to make a reed beer you know Not yet. Not yet. The other amazing thing about your sours is you guys don't limit yourself to just one strain of bread. You don't limit yourself to one strain of pet. Right. I mean, you guys are like whatever tastes great. Yeah. So we get Bruxelles and mango. Yeah, but uh, you have uh, also Britannomyces clasenii, which which is in the Halia, which we age with uh, peaches, fifty pounds per cask. It gives you kind of like a a little bit more of like lemony. Yeah, I get more tropical fruit than like the barnyard. Um, 
um, but it also gives you also that little bit of the musk you know it still mm-hmm. gives you the brett but the brett brooks will give you that kind of like that super like musky like you know whatever else taste. barnyardy barnyard yeah. you know horse blanket everybody says <laughs> but the Klasenii gives you a little bit more of like like a floral aromatic sense to that specific strain which we add to each cask uh, each time with yeah. the peaches and so the peaches will give you like a little tart little sweet mm-hmm. and then you have the little lemony little peachy yeah <laughs> Sure, yeah. From the peaches, peaches. peachy. Uh, Holly is a great brand, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Holly and Jillian are the nice like tart kind of approachable. Yeah, definitely, sour Holly. It's a really good Jillian introduction. Here, yeah. Those two for like our sour sisters. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to get like in depth with it, those two would be the first I would you know recommend starting off with. To be quite yeah, honest. we'd yeah. like to call yeah. those our, our gateway drug sours. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the <laughs> gateway <laughs> sours. Like Perfect. Jim was saying in uh, our first part of the episode, we've kind of been trying to come to, to sour Jesus. You mm-hmm. know, so we've mm-hmm. been kind of making inroads and. It, it's taken a long time. You know, it, it takes a while for your palate to kind of... Uh, sure. Act, Not know, everybody likes sours. Yeah, it, it takes a while for your palate to kind of, you know, get get into that kind of stuff. But no, also, the, not, the not everybody likes, loves beer. And so I True. love when, I don't want to call anything out, but a lot of women don't love beer necessarily. And when they taste sours, they go, oh, actually, this is pretty good. It's surprising. And so Halia and Jillian are very approachable to Well, I think showcase. that, yeah, people who don't like beer like wine yeah exactly it has that acidity profile and the fruity profile of wine uh, yep. like at a very high level that's actually a yep. really good introduction to beer if you start drinking sours you really just aren't you don't know exactly what you really want but you like something of that right. you know, yeah style and you, and you yeah, guys exactly. are talking about trying to find the sour Jesus I think sour is almost a misnomer at this point because yeah. even the beers we're talking about here under our sour program and it's a drop in the, the bucket person. of like all the sour beers that you can have I'm doing air quotes over here but like <laughs> sour <laughs> beers in the market now that's like you get sour you get tart you get fruity you get funky you got all these different like complexities that you can get in this like very overarching style of beer so there's a lot that you can find mm-hmm. in a sour quote-unquote beer um, that you mm-hmm. may have never tried before so that, that's yeah. true because you can get yeah. the sours in the sour warhead vein where it's exactly. just a pure sour yeah. Yeah. and then you can get it a little more on the lambic side where it's a, mm-hmm. that little more tart sour and yeah. those are kind of the a little more approachable beers exactly. and that's what's beautiful yeah. about the beer industry in in full right which says look if you don't like beer you just haven't had a beer that you you've liked you yet like. because there are literally thousands of different types and hundreds of different styles of those types and hey let's maybe you just haven't had the right one which is okay right. yeah totally and, understandable and you guys bring up a really interesting point that it's kind of a weird irony that folks who are really into beers have a tough time sometimes getting into sours but yeah. however folks who aren't necessarily they're into a little beers, intimidating i understand folks <laughs> who aren't necessarily into beers but are into wines can find a road into beers right. through the sours that's that's like what I think so that's what it's I think not necessarily Goose Island, but the the, the barrel aging sour style and industry of that yeah. has tried to do is tried to marry the the aspect of wine and beer together. Mm-hmm. That's why we have our, a lot of our sours yeah. in 765, not 750, 765 mm-hmm. milliliter, milliliter bottles. bottles because yeah. it's the same thing. You buy a fifteen dollar bottle of uh, of wine, or you buy a fifteen dollar bottle of wine, you buy a thirty dollar bottle of wine. People go, oh, there's a thirty dollar bottle of beer. What's going on here? But in the sense, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's eight to nine percent alcohol, whatever you know, solution. So yeah. So I think uh, as we talk about the evolution of flavors and sours, Madame Rose is another one. Yeah. That is sure. like that. That continues to go down like the funky sour mm-hmm. character. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So Madame Rose is a uh, Belgian brown ale. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Belgian brown ale and French oak barrels that we age and we add cherries to it. Michigan cherries, which actually I didn't know until I started working here that they're go figure cherries from Michigan. But I was yeah. just kind of like, all right, Michigan home. 
homebrew, but you know, it's, uh, it is just an easy, that's like, you know, another stepping stone in the sour program or in our sour sisters, I used to say, like if you're, you know, stepping up, moving up, that would probably be the next easiest beer that you could get really into. And it's not really that hard to drink at all. Acetic. Yes, it's there, yeah. but it's definitely it. The flavor compounds yeah, it's very complex. It. It's, it's, it's meant to be there. It's, right, it, right. it's what it is. It's like, you know, the title on it. I don't know. It's just delicious. Yeah. And I think the first two beers we talked about, Holly and Jillian, both use Sophie as their base beer. Right. That's prior to the fruit edition, prior to the aging process. Madame Rose has its own base beer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah for sure. Exactly. It's definitely its own thing compared to, you know. And then our, our other big sour is, is uh, Lolita, which mm-hmm. is one of our older older sours that we've raspberries. been doing. That one's got raspberries in it. That one also has, that one's actually the same base beer as Matilda. So it's a little bit darker. It's got a little bit more caramel character, but it stands up to the tartness of the raspberries. And that one also has Brettanomyces bruxellensis in it. So that's more on the sour side. You still get a nice tartness from the raspberries. Yeah, get a, get nice little fruitiness sure. from it as well. And all these beers are cool to age. That's what's cool about, we put Brettanomyces in every one of these bottles. So the Brettanomyces continues to develop over time along with the oxidation characters that you get from natural aging. So these are cool to like, sell her some, drink one now, drink one in a year, drink one in three years. Verticals are a lot of fun with these beers. Absolutely. And and even just Sophie alone. Yeah, Sophie you'll, you'll have, awesome. Or even Matilda alone as yeah. well. And Both it, of them uh, is yeah. that. All like, these bottle conditioned beers. You'll have, so you'll have, since we do add Brett Brooks to the, the Bright Tank and then it's roused before packaging, mm-hmm. if you have a fresh Sophie, really, really good. Yeah, it is my. You sit there and you wait six months. Trust me, it's different. It is so it's different, it's and different, yeah. that might just be your thing, you know. And then you go even longer, a year. It's just it develops that much more, which is really great. So that statement right there will bring us to put a nice bow on this fantastic interview that you guys have provided for us. Where are you guys on cellar aging? It's been a controversial subject for us on this show with Uh the brewers that we've interviewed. Interesting. So what do you guys think about beer that you're producing and also maybe add something that's been in your cellar sure uh i'll start i think i think cellar aging for me it it depends on your approach to the beer if you are into science and you want to do it for fun for for experimental sake and you want to like reed said drink one now drink one in six months and you just want to see how it tastes and you have that open mindset and you're not expecting it to get better in six months you're expected to have a very specific flavor profile in six months if you approach with an open mind i think it's cool to, to cellar beer and to see how it develops adjunct beers like the proprietors or the Northwoods, there's so much variability in those flavors that we're using. I I had a very intimate relationship with this year's prop, and I have no idea how that beer is going to age. <laughs> so right. I'm going to tell you right now that we did that blend in-house, and we blended it to the specifications that we wanted from a flavor profile. So we put it in a bottle and we sold it, so I would say drink it in the way that we intended it. It's going to change, and if you approach it with an open mind and you want to learn how it ages, learn with us, because right. we'll be tasting it as well. Like, and if you no, know, number one, one, uh, nothing's perfect. Right. Okay. And number two, drink your beer. Yeah. Or drink the beer. Don't just keep stock. Yeah. I'm know. not saying don't cellar your beer, right. but drink your beer. Don't also. forget about it. We've had don't, a lot of Don't forget say. that just because it's a rare beer, like I have Cantillon, I have West Valeteran mm-hmm. at home in a secret uh, vault, but at the same time, drink it. And you know what? Today, the beer provided was my own personal employee beer, right? And I'm happier doing it today and, and 
drinking it with y'all today exactly than i would be it just sitting on a bar you know or sitting sitting in in my cellar so that i would just go ahead and start with by so, just saying so if you drink can, the if beer you get two drink one right drink away one and now and then save the other I, I think that's the best way to do cellar. i agree it really is I agree. fresh i agree yeah and then drink one age so at least you have a, a barometer for what did the brewer intend when he made this beer and right. he bottled this beer i agree this is the beer that we intended to to give to you so you can enjoy this drinking experience with yeah, us. Yeah, it's like we ate yeah, it to the point today for you to drink today, and then if you want to, you can save it for later. Exactly. Agreed, agreed. And I'm going to get a shit ton of slack from my friends because they're going to hear this thing and be like, well, you, you said drink it, you know, so you got it, you know, you might as well go. No, but, you know. Uh, that is one of the tougher questions, though, that, that we get asked is, uh, when should I drink my Bourbon County? When should I drink this? I've had this 15 rare in my cellar for two years. Is it ready? It's like, ready so, is a tough so, word. So, something they put right on the bottle, though, too, right? Can yeah. it be aged up to five Develops years? Develops up to right. five years in the bottle. Right, and that right, is right, a right, right. that right. is a very loose guideline. Exactly. It's not <laughs> like they're telling you you have to. It's like it can be aged. So it doesn't mean right. you have to age it that right. long. Right. You can drink it now or in five years. You know? what's, what's great about our position to be in, which is definitely unlike a lot, I would say almost everybody else's position, which is we can just make more anytime. Yeah, it's <laughs> like we'll just duplicate it again. So that's, you know, um, but there's also that where it's sometimes it could potentially be unduplicatable, you know, mm-hmm. where that brand is never going to be made again. But you have brands, like I said, like Cantillon and like West Veteran that can continue to produce those things. I did have a, a Westie 12 aged for four years, and that was a sublime drinking experience. It's, it really was. You know, and, and, and it's sometimes just enjoy it. That's one in my, that's, you asked about one in my cellar. That's, I have a Westie 12 in my cellar that's been there for a year and a half now. And that'll probably, I'm going to probably let that ride for another year and a half or so. Give it a shot. Those are fun beers to age. Yeah, okay. I, I bought a beer in Belgium last year that's like a mega blend of gooses, and I plan to open it. I'm having a kid in February. I'm going to open it when my kid turns 18. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a 20 year beer. All right, buddy. We'll be there if uh, if we're still doing it. Every investment broker will hate me for this, but it's sort of like money is meant to be spent, beer is meant to be drunk. Yes, true. Drunk? Do we say drunk? Yeah, drink. One of the most important things is it needs to be drunk within a a group of friends, right? Yes. The most important thing is that beer needs to be shared. Whether, however long it ages in your cellar, best time to bring it out, the best time to drink it is when you got a group of friends to share with. Yep. community Great. is everything too Wedding, it's like bring out to everyone you know. for sure and i think these are good answers i mean the the flip side of the coin is if you have a person and you tell them oh go ahead and age that mm-hmm. then they could age it a little too long and come back to you in like three years and say this beer tastes weird please yeah. replace it you know yeah. i mean that's that's the the flip side of the coin but is, uh, to be able to say yeah go ahead and experiment i, I think that's the right way to do it and I, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's going to pick up those those dark berry those dark fruit kind of flavors and other times it's going to go haywire so I think it comes down to the approach again yeah. there will always be more beer yeah, yeah it's there will like always never be more beer, beer okay beer. I sure there's so. a zombie apocalypse <laughs> trust me trust somebody's somebody brewing beer home brewing trust somewhere me. in a basement you're fine there's a zombie apocalypse I'll be brewing beer right so we'll get through the apocalypse all good as far as the cellar aging of beer goes we've always been kind of interested in the secondary market on beer I mean beer gets traded at these crazy amounts do you guys does that go into the pricing structure are you guys even involved in the pricing structure of some no. of that I beer think we're, I, not, we're, I, in oper- we're in we're in operations we don't deal with the sales absolutely <laughs> we're in operations and from grain to glass that's what we do exactly okay yeah. so, and so when you're not involved in, in the pricing structure for you guys is it just is it a feather in the cap when like something that you brew a, a, f- a formula that you came up with right. is being traded at 
these crazy amounts. Right. That's that's got to be really uh, complimentary to you guys. I think that it is a compliment. I would say I, w- I would say I'm not definitely not salty about it. In no, any, it's any like sense at all. Sweet, the beer's in demand. Sure, exactly. <laughs> yep, people love it, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. We I think want- it's cool. Yeah, and especially beers like the the smaller releases that we do. If more people can experience the beer that aren't regionally available to get it mm-hmm. via a trade, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's like I, you get the whole word like, of mouth is just all good. Yeah, all I good. We're super cool. We've done our job, and if you guys go out and go willy nilly with it and want to go crazy with it, great. Yeah, we'd love to see it happen. Like, sure, you know, that just means that you like it. That's what we care most about because right. being a brewer, the job sounds obviously like it's like a dream job, but it also is very difficult to do. It's it's. I'm proud of it. I yeah. Mean, well, it, yeah, and you Jim know, said like, like you want to you want to share your bottle with your friends. Like, I want to share the beer I make with as many people as possible. Yeah. And it's it's cool to share. get it's cool to get the feedback. It's cool to get the love. It's it's yeah, no it's doubt. Fun to get the hate too. Like a lot I like of people to hear don't like, like it. you know I like to hear everybody's review on something. Like, exactly. Especially if I had I a loved of it. the story you told me about how you were at Prop Day and oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so they so they were fun. just doing like it was WGN was interviewing and, right, about yeah. Prop and about BCS release and about the line that 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 forms around Binnies and like people line up for Bourbon County the night before and they're they're asking us about like how do you guys feel about that and similar to this conversation like it's it's humbling it really is like people that actually will camp outside to get this beer that we've put a lot of time and effort and energy into and there's not only the people that are sitting at this table but people that work here at the barrel warehouse yeah there are logistics people that work hard to get it everywhere it needs to go enormous team involvement it's a huge amount of people that are involved in this and it really is a lot of work we're we're trying to make as much as we can so that as many people can drink it as possible and it's a humbling experience to to see these people that sit outside for a day plus just to have a couple bottles to take home with and it still blows me away to see that people are like waiting in line it's so cool i'm just kind of like it's so cool and they're they're all up for a high five at that morning like (laughs) it's seven in the morning they still want to give me a high five like awesome because they've been bottle sharing yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) (laughs) they have a very good point they must know more about the uh secondary market yeah 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 And you know what? New York doesn't produce beer lines like this. Los Angeles, Houston sure as heck doesn't. It's here in Chicago where Goose Island is. You get lines standing out here for beer made here in the Midwest. Yeah. So thanks, thanks to everyone listening. Yeah, thank, thank you, you thank you everyone. Friends. It's awesome. It's awesome. really awesome. So we would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on uh, the 2015 series. Mm-hmm. If we didn't at least ask you guys, kind of what what was that like? What was that experience like having to dump that much beer? You yeah. know, having to do a recall. Sure. I don't know. Can you kind of lead us through that process? It, it sucked. As, as difficult as it was. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. sucked. I mean, we talk about how how happy and proud we are about yeah. making beer and That's sharing That's like a with heartbreaking thing to like yeah. see and hear that that like because i wasn't working here at the time but like just even reading an article about it you're just kind of like man like that is really heart-wrenching to just hear that you were at founders i i I, you just hear it and you know how much work you're putting behind like just like a bottle of beer like you don't realize how much work is put forth until you actually you know are doing it and then you hear about for it to just be dumped Right, you know, it's just yeah. kind of like, and also this is like just not cool. that, you know, we know what we went through and then also walking outside and seeing those lines and seeing people wait in line for this. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. we also know what they went through to get yeah. the beer. And yeah. it's just like, it absolutely sucks to know that that happened. But the reality is as we like look through it and, and tried to figure out what happened with a fine tooth comb learning. and like, we learned so much and we're still mm-hmm. learning about it. And we touched on it earlier with the barley wine reserve. Like absolutely. we changed yeah, you so guys much. Change your processes yeah. because we of changed that so much. And we're, yeah. we're, we're working, now towards 
towards sharing that information with the rest of the beer yeah, industry. We could write a book. We could yeah. write a book on the amount of things that we learned and the amount of things that we have changed since yeah, then. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to have people crack up open a bottle that yeah. they waited in line yeah. for twenty four mm-hmm. hours for and it to be shit. So we tried to mitigate a lot of that those hard feelings yeah. and we, I think we did a pretty good job. But at the same time, think about it. The the following years, that shit is never gonna happen yeah, again. Yeah, no. And you that made is the mistake why once. barley wine reserve was called back because we're never gonna have that happen to anybody. Right. And you know, like I said, we could write a book on the amount of processes we've changed and can't call it on one specific thing, but it miscommunication. Well and I, I it think just that, goes to show how much the teamwork it matters so right, much right. about how well we communicate with each other. We had a lot of positive feedback as from how we handled the fifteen debacle. We had a lot of very vocal minorities that were not happy and still are not happy with what happened in two thousand fifteen. And that's unfortunate. And we're like with the amount of beer that we produce, it's it's gonna be hard to please everyone. And all we can say is it's just beer. Just beer. It is just, just beer. beer. It's sorry, just beer. We're but it's sorry. Just beer. It sucked for us. It's probably. like it's a learning experience. It's for our everybody. life, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we get it, and it sucks. And if you know, I used to stand outside in Binnie's. I was at the Rare Day release in 2010. That was the first time like the Binnie's Black Friday thing happened, and this was before I was even in the beer industry. So like I was there. I was I was standing in line. I was one of those guys, and walking the line now and seeing the people that are standing in line, I, I get it, man. If I opened up that bottle and it was sour, dude, yeah. I wouldn't have been a happy camper. No. Uh, but but it sucks. It sucks for us too. So we're there with you. We're learning there with you. Yep. And yep. Uh, we're trying yep. to trying to be better every True. day. I say we end on a positive note, though. And I, I will say, you know, <laughs> having asked that question, I will also say that uh, the last year's lineup, although smaller, was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like you guys were, I don't know if it was in a, a sort of mode where you guys were like, we're not going to release anything crazy because we mm. want to get it everything down. Yep. And then this year, everything went crazy and everything was perfect. So I feel like, I feel like we got I our think, swagger back a little bit. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. You guys yeah. got your swagger back after that, that one. It's so, kind of a nice little, not to say like comeback story, but it really kind of is though. You yeah. don't lose, you learn. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You don't lose, you learn. Michael Jordan? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> my, girl, my girlfriend so. says it all you're the time. You retire You always, you always <laughs> learn from losing, right? <laughs> <laughs> we spotted the Canadian. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Reed, let's, let's end on a positive note. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. Just dropped right, mic. No, 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 no. I got so I love, much more I love life. I love the world. <laughs> I love everybody. I love Keep beer. drinking good beer. I love, I love beer. <laughs> But absolutely, too. Uh, to bring it back on a positive note, the BCBS this year has been fantastic. I think we, we've gone over it and over it. Every single variant was amazing sure. this year. Uh, you guys did a fantastic job, and, you know, kudos to you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. It looks like we're out of beer, however, so uh, we're going to have to end this one, this uh, this amazing uh, two-part series that you guys have been willing to sit down with us for. So uh, for me, for Alec. I'm Jim. Jesus. For Andy. Quinn. Reed. Sam. That's going to do it for us, and uh, this has been another solid night fail production. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>